0: Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm
1: Mark. And I'm Eric.
0: And we're three best friends from high school who've spent the last 10 years in the film industry and realized that freelancing can be a lonely business. So we built the video community, a place where filmmakers on all parts of their journey can come together and empower each other's growth and success. On today's episode, we chat with photographer and aspiring filmmaker Levi Thompson. With Levi, we discuss his transition process from the typical nine to five to a career as a freelancer, the importance of creating different types of content to hone in on your niche and why a solid support structure is crucial while you establish yourself in the industry. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast.
1: Caleb's in L.A., so he's close yeah. to you, I think, right? Are you? Yeah, in yeah. yeah. yeah I'm
2: in uh, Orange Huntington. County, Orange in County Huntington Beach down here, yeah. so not, yeah. not too far. Yeah, mm-hmm. wouldn't take long to get over there as, as long as the traffic's good, you know. If that's not the most L.A. <laughs> statement, then I don't know what is. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Levi, welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. It's great to have you. Yeah, Uh, thank you, guys.
2: We always start with the origin story. I mean, largely all the... GoPro stuff when it was first coming out with the Hero Ones, and I was just middle school, high school, and just obsessed with their YouTube channel. They had all that. They're like one-minute videos of just yeah. epic stuff, or not epic stuff. That was the cool thing. They'd do like some crazy edit to dubstep, and it was just some dude cleaning <laughs> the house with a GoPro. It's like it was all that stuff that got me into it. Bought a GoPro, lost a few GoPros in the ocean <laughs> surf, making surf videos and stuff like that that the kind of crew i hung out with they were, we were all like bmx guys right and bmx bikes and heck yeah i never got oh, yeah. super into making the bmx videos but i had a few guys who i mean that's what they do now they still they're making professional edits for bmx guys and other action sports stuff so i was kind of that was kind of the crew ran and we were just making sports videos and then got into uh community college and finally took a digital media course which I didn't take for long because I felt it was much too slow. <laughs> you could learn way more on YouTube University, just like YouTube and stuff. So, yeah, stopped doing yep. that. I did buy my first DSLR with my, um, what do they call it? When you um, need the money for school, the government gives it to you. I can't scholarship, even. Scholarship? Wasn't a student loan. Student Either aid. way, it's supposed to be used for school. <laughs> Bought a camera. <laughs> There's some, like, Nikon DSLR thing. I love that. uh, That's not what they want you to use money for, but whatever. Oh, man, you used (laughs) it for the school of life, my friend, the school of life. (laughs) There you go. But, yeah, that's how I got my first camera that wasn't a GoPro. Quite honestly, probably shoot. I know this is a filmmaker focus, but I probably shoot more photo stuff and photo jobs yeah video jobs at the moment always had like a love for video and definitely appreciation for the hard work it takes because like i mean whatever it takes to edit like a campaign of photos it's like a five minute (laughs) video is a hell of a lot more work in my opinion so (laughs) definitely got a lot of respect for the video world that's for sure
1: yeah and you said that you've been doing some wedding videos and whatnot
2: yeah that's kind of been my most consistent video work for the past uh, year and a half, which I actually do enjoy. They are fun to shoot as long as you get a good, like, bride and groom. And like, yeah, yeah. like a bridezilla or <laughs> something, but it's fun to get a great reactions from them. If you hear they were like, and you know, it made them cry or it just made them smile. But it's like, that's, that's awesome. So
1: yeah, the emotion behind it definitely makes
2: Yeah, it. I know. I yeah. think it was a compliment if they're crying.
1: <laughs> you took some classes and then you're like, I don't know, I'm not really learning much. So how, how'd you go from there to like your first paying client?
2: Luckily, I got out of, I mean, it was only community college, but I got out with no debt or anything. And I didn't want to continue to uh, a four-year knowing I wanted to do photo and video because I was like, what's the point of taking on all this debt if I can learn outside of it? Yeah. Parents weren't like stoked at the moment with that decision, but I was like you know, what's the point? I'm not, I don't have a goal going to a four year necessarily. So, so yeah, I don't know I just stopped and was doing part-time work at restaurants and whatnot to pay small amount of bills I had. But first jobs were just, I'd be reaching out to people and you do those, like, you know, when you start, you do those kind of silly jobs where they're like, we'll do exposure. Like you work for me. We'll yeah yeah that kind of stuff. I did quite a few, um, Music videos at first, because you know I'd do one for a guy, and they'd talk to their buddy and whatnot. Kind of started with that. We weren't making anything. They're SoundCloud guys, and I'm just a star yeah, yeah. at this. You know, it made me like realize what I want to shoot, and not. There were times I liked shooting those, but. I wasn't in love with them.
1: Can I interrupt you there? I think yeah. that's a good point, though, because like, you know, there, there's some people who went to school and then, yeah. you know, a lot of us who didn't go to school for video and the whole idea of getting experience shooting video or photography, everybody's like, well, no, you've got to get paid for it. But like, if you're just starting out, it's like, well, in college, you pay to do work. Yeah, <laughs> You know, you pay tuition
2: yeah. Yeah. to
1: do work. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and so like if you don't go to college there is that time that it's super valuable to do those music videos and to do small videos because sure you might not be getting paid yet or paid a lot of money yet but like you're getting the experience that you need to get to that next level gain the experience but you also like you even mentioned learn what you do and don't like to do
2: yeah like you- no it's true yeah i mean i learned a lot from doing those and just knowing that it wasn't my avenue to like go down fully but yeah I mean you gotta do them just to like build some sort of work and experience and I think the first wedding I did was I mean it might have not been for free but it was like 200 bucks or something and it was yeah, like yeah. just a friend's sister was getting married or something random and yeah, you know, I did a small video for them, and it, you, you just do it to get the experience. And definitely glad I've done all those random little jobs. They all help in the, the long run, I think. So. Portfolio building as well. You want to see, like, oh, I'd love to see your work.
0: Shoot, I, I just had someone reach out yesterday. I don't really do music videos myself, but mm-hmm. someone's like, oh, I'm looking to put together a music video. Let me see samples of your work. If you didn't get paid in the past, you can use these projects that you did. We'll call right. them passion projects, to use these <laughs> quotes. Passion right. projects to transition into paid work yeah definitely
1: we call it brand building because it's not that you're not getting value out of it but if you don't have any work to start then it's hard to get the bigger gigs the bigger paying gigs and like have examples of your work
2: yeah you're right and getting into like where i am now where i'm doing most of the stuff i'm shooting is for brands it's definitely important with them where they want to see what you've shot but also like who you shot for before I mean, you got to build up, obviously, but if you can't reach out to North Face right away or anything, you know, you got to be building up with all these smaller brands and whatnot. Yeah. You know, it's a fun grind. You got to like love it for sure. That's the freelance thing, though. Is I mean, I wouldn't want to work for anyone or anything. That's why I wanted to do it, you know, my own hours and yeah. whatnot. And we're still not technically all full time. I'm working towards that still. I'm doing very little hours at a side job at a hotel. And so I'm still trying to make that full transition to full time and stuff.
1: So, yeah, like, let's not leave the photography part of it out. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, you know, your process that you went through to get some of these bigger brands you're working for. I saw Solo Stove on your Instagram recently. and whatnot. Yeah,
2: that one was fun. That was one of the bigger ones, I'd say. I had a big help. I was able to put Polar Pro on my like, resume and portfolio because I had okay. a buddy working there last summer we started going on quite a few trips for them and i was basically there as like half talent half second shooter because he was the in-house photographer for them i was able to take my own shots of their product and stuff like yosemite and zion and all these epic spots i've kind of gone off that towards getting bigger clients and getting better at contracts and making sure you get what you're owed and giving someone a quote A brand of quote is the most confusing thing in the world sometimes. (laughs) Just trying to figure out if you're getting screwed or not and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It gets confusing. So definitely started with that Polar Post stuff and then just kept getting small brands, just trying to grow and grow. Even on that photography tangent, so it sounds like when you first start getting into the media stuff, you know,
0: the GoPro mm-hmm. was still very video focused. So, what, what made you yeah. transition um, in these
2: first phases to more the photography side of things? It might have been because, like, the first DSLR I bought wasn't really meant for video at all, it was some like Nikon thing. I think my mind's more oriented towards the photo side of things i think i can still come up with great video ideas in my head but it always feels harder for me to execute them than photos for a brand or whatnot but yeah i think it was just like a natural course it just drifted away from video and started focusing a lot more on photography for sure so right now in the video realm uh, seems to be very wedding focused i mean the weddings i think eventually it's gonna pay off in terms of if i'm working for a brand photo wise And they want anything video related. I don't want to not have the confidence and skill level to say like, no. And so I'm hoping that I can grow my freelance business into being photo based, but can still take on video jobs for brands and companies to create whatever work they want. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to lead towards. Yeah. So you kind of, your ultimate end goal is to package all those skills together. Yeah. When it comes to shooting companies, it's, you know, I just always like to incorporate the outdoors. I mean, I like being out there, I'm always camping myself and stuff. So when I do like pitch clients on like shoot ideas, I am always trying to like, Hey, let's get a budget to go out somewhere and like, let's get outside do something fun here. But yeah, I definitely want to incorporate that video. And if it's not, me doing it hopefully we get big enough where i can have a video focused guy on my team who's can handle that when we're doing these certain jobs and
1: i like i think that's awesome because we we talk about like niching down knowing what your primary service is so i do corporate video and that's what people know me for but once i get a client oh like you do photography and it's like yeah i could do some photography you know it's like i know my limits with it but it's like it's kind of a great upsell on the back end that Yeah, you might not necessarily advertise right away, you know, unless you want to go that direction. But like, it's a great way to add another source of revenue, if you want to say, or just like, you know, another opportunity to add value.
2: Yeah. And could be that one factor where if you're in a like bidding with another photographer, potentially for a job, but you got this extra aspect of you can do the photo and make them a. Awesome brand video, like might get you the, the gig. So absolutely. And Plus, you mentioned something good about
0: like even having like a video person on your team, yeah. or even like this is the importance of like networking community as well because you dabble in video and mm. you're proficient, but like there's a expert level task. Yeah, being able to exactly. pull from a network and a community to be like, yo, like this is beyond my skill set, but this got me the contract. And then you like you have these people that you can lean on. Referrals is one of the best ways to repeat business, like people talk and if you're like a photography guy who can do video as well, or that's an extra upsell service, that's going to be a part of the talk. So when you get these referrals in this repeat business, like that's going with the referral. So like, as that scales yeah. up, you can know, either scale with it or have a team that can scale it with you. So I think that's definitely a good way to be looking at
2: it. Can I agree more? I mean, especially having done weddings for like two years now, I mean, referrals are like huge in the weddings. I mean, if the bride likes you and her friends get in married, I mean, there you go. You got to almost guarantee another gig. It's like, It's just uh, how it works in that industry. So huge part of it for sure, referrals.
1: Absolutely. Man, I want to go back to that point of having a team. I'll say this, like it seems scary in the beginning as you start your business. But man, if you're committed to it, once you get going after first year, second year, third year, like you're going to get presented with some opportunities that are bigger than just a one-man band that's so crucial like and eric and caleb know like i pull them in on gigs all the time because they have skill sets that i don't have i know my strengths i know my weaknesses but it's almost more important to know my own weaknesses and our own weaknesses because then it's like if there's a gig that's better suited for somebody else but you know you can still manage it and like see the Mm -hmm. creative vision for it but you know that like your your friend is going to be so great at making that vision happen then it's like it's going to make you look better it's going to make them look better and it's like a a win-win-win for everyone
2: yeah when when i was doing stuff for polar pro i met a lot of like cool people that i was able to become friends with and so i have my like little group where if i'm in need of talent and models i have people i can always call on that will be ready to go most of the time and yeah i mean you got to have your your network and continuing to grow it too. Even on Instagram, I'm, I'm always reaching out to people and you get these relationships, just connect with people all over the place. It's, it's great.
1: Yeah, and that's why like creating a focus for yourself long-term, like knowing what your niche is, so to speak, is yeah. it's like I got a friend and like his niche is product photography, but like mm-hmm. he travels all the time. So he'll get four or five clients anytime he's going to travel he'll get their products and like yeah yeah, exactly like he'll go out west and then like shoot these epic photos of like coffee beans but like in the grand canyon (laughs) yeah like (laughs)
2: yeah when i set up personal trips like i just went to um big Sur just just before all these fires started luckily and we were i had it booked for like six months i was you know going out there and i was like a month ago mike let's see if i can get some jobs while i'm out there i make like a a little deck to send out to people for the trip yeah and we got a a job out there for some tequila stuff and it was like perfect now the trip's more than paid for and you know yes you can always like that's the fun part is turning your personal stuff into jobs too. It's it's pretty fun.
0: I freaking love that. I love the idea yeah. of like you're using I'm gonna go on vacation. Let's see if I can pay for this <laughs> thing while I'm yeah. there. And you go there and you you score yourself a job, you like you do a little mm-hmm. bit of research and then it's paid for one if it's something cool, then you're also just still having fun while you work. And yeah, dude, exactly work, uh, your yeah. little trip is paid for. You yeah. couldn't ask for anything better. That is so
2: cool. I love that. It's perfect. Yeah. And you can, you know, sometimes you want the full vacation notes. So you don't reach out, but like, I mean, when I set up that one, I was, like, making sure they don't need too much. I mean, it took, like, a few hours of shooting, so there's plenty of time to chill. I mean, it was was perfect.
1: I mean, you know, I think through our years of experience, we've gone through both, like, doing work for people that we really don't enjoy or brands that, you know, are just, like, it's just, it's more work then. But it's, like, how do we create a career where... We take our personal interests, things that we're really passionate about. How do we yeah. turn our passions? And it's not just our passion for video, but like, you know, I'm passionate about running. Okay. And so like we did, you know, I helped a buddy do a 240 mile race in Moab last year. He's running this crazy race. Like, hey, if we take some videos and photos, do you have any interest in that? And they were all about it. Man, when you can make your passions into your career, that's like the ultimate happiness in life. Yeah,
0: sure. no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pursuit of passion, though, just like Leo, you're saying, like you love the outdoors. Right. So that's what you try to do. And then what's good about that is then like the clients that are, that are doing this with you and you're taking this outdoors, like you're using this. So when clients hire you in the future, they see where your aesthetic lies. So they're hiring right. you for your, your aesthetic, which you've built. To emulate what you're passionate about. And yeah, I think what that's want to be shooting. Right? Yeah, that's important because you're showing them your style. And you could yeah. set your style to be anything. Like you do just do talking head interview. But if you want to be outdoor <laughs> stuff yeah. like that, then like a portfolio of talking head isn't gonna help you. So yeah. it's smart. And it might take a little bit longer, especially as you're establishing. But once you're established though, then like people know why they go to you and they know exactly what they're getting. And you're having a blast because it's falling in line with the things that you love to do.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's always helpful and motivation too, because a lot of creatives and freelancers, you know, you get some doubt every now and then that this is going to work out for you. And you know, you got to keep grinding. But if I am ever getting a little scared of this route you're going down, it's like, oh, is this the right call? And you remember like, oh, wait, this is like I love being outdoors. I love shooting and I don't want to be in an office somewhere or something. So like you got to keep pushing for it. And so, I mean, that's always there for me anyway, is motivation to get out there and keep grinding. Heck yeah.
1: All right. So, so, you know, knowing where you are now, what's your strategy, you know, moving forward, what's your future look like?
2: Yeah. Knowing where I was last year, I've already gotten, you know, many more clients this year than last year. And so, I mean, that's kind of the goal. I just Every year, stack them up, do more than you did last year, do more shoots, more work, everything, and grow the network and then keep growing your business at the same time because now you have these new connections.
0: You know, this
2: journey is
0: long. It's winding for someone, who is still working full-time in a job that they don't like and is interested in making starting that transitional process, what piece of advice would you want to pass along to them?
2: If you really don't like where you're at and you know there's something you really... Would love to be doing, you gotta take the first step. If you're full time somewhere else. If you can afford to go part-time, go part-time. And then any time you have outside, you better be working on the other stuff. Dedicate the time. Like if you don't dedicate the time, I mean nothing's gonna change. So
1: just do it. Take action.
2: Yeah, yeah do something. Yeah, gotta get it moving. You gotta have that support group though, because if your girlfriend is like trying to force you into having a normal Nine to five salary gig because she's worried about you having your freelance thing. Like it's not going to work. So I mean, it's so... And I'm lucky to have a girlfriend who's supportive because it be a yeah, jacked-up situation without it, so... <laughs> I'm going be honest with you. If, <laughs> if that was the situation, she's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> really, though. But um, so luckily, it's all but good But, you online.
1: know, like, I could totally relate because I got married at 23, and then, like, pretty quickly, we had kids. But it's like, man, if okay. if I didn't find a girlfriend, a fiance, a wife who was supportive of my entrepreneurial ventures, like, mm-hmm. it's hard. because because be very different well, I couldn't imagine You know, if you're that. gonna have I a mean, family like work, yeah. it's hard. I found out the first, I don't know, four or five years of my marriage, like there's not a lot of people who support you in that because look at our society, a lot of people full time nine to five gigs, yeah. corporate America. It's hard yeah. to find that person. But if you're gonna be a filmmaker, photographer, like independent, you know, contractor, yeah. business owner, like it is so important to find a partner. Yeah. And it really that doesn't good. have anything to do with video, but for me, it has everything to do with it. You got to surround yourself with people—from your girlfriend to your wife to your friends, yeah, your, your community—that, yeah. yeah, that's important. Yeah, the supportive. whole thing
2: has got to come together. But I'm lucky to have a good group around me. It feels like so. that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well,
0: that's good. I think honestly, I think that's a great place to to wrap this episode. Levi, how can people follow your journey and your adventures as you continue down this path?
2: They can find me anywhere, uh, you know, Instagram, YouTube, whatever website. It's all um, at Levi Thompson Media or uh, LeviThompsonMedia.com. Appreciate you guys having me on though. This is awesome.
0: All of you listeners out there, if
2: you don't like where you're at, just take the first steps,
0: make the moves. It's not easy. Keep moving anyway. You will get there. It just takes time. Everyone stay safe and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ambitious Filmmaker. Have something you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search the video community. We'll see you next time. And remember, always be creating.